Okay, we are in Sefer Malachim Beis, Perik Yud Gimel, Pasuk Aleph Bishnas Esrim Rishalos Shana LeYehoash Ben Achasyahu. Before this, just a hanging thread from yesterday that I would quickly um, dispose of, and that was the question that Jeremiah asked, was the Zechariah that we learned in yesterday's parak that martyred Navi and prophet who was killed in the base Hamikdash on Yom Kippur by Yehoash, whose father mentored him since birth, is he the same Zechariah that appears later, or is there not a chronological problem? And yes, there is. The Zechariah that appears in Treosar, those collection of what we call the ten minor prophets, is Zechariah ben Brechia. This was Zechariah ben Yehoyada, and it's a difference of over 200 years. So, with that disposal... Can I ask you a one-way really basic question, just to understand... Who wrote Divrei Hayamim? Divrei Hayamim was Ezra. And that was, was written before Malachim. No. Well, how, then how does Malachim refer to it all the time? Oh, in Divrei Hayamim, yes, it's an earlier one, but it's um, because Divrei Hayamim was written by Yirmiyahu. So they were both contemporaries. This that, is, I think you're referring to Divrei Hayamim and Malachim Yehuda. Because I think Steve's referring to yesterday in the post. Well, maybe throughout, Yes. They're they, we, they referring back to it, saying. They refer, refer to it. Because Yirmiyahu Malachim was written almost contemporary with Divrei Hayamim. Because Yirmiyahu wrote that, and Ezra wrote um, Divrei Hayamim. And we should, we're overdue for a sheer just on what Divrei Hayamim has such a different agenda, what it is, why it's subtext what it leaves out. Um, put that on the schedule. We should do a whole sheer on that. So in any event, what Perik Gimel is going to do, as it has done in Malachim Beis, is now switch back its focus from Malachi Yehuda to Malachi Yisrael, and back and forth it's been going. And so we're switching out of the disaster that's Malchi Yehuda to the disaster that's Malchi Yisrael. When we left Malchi Yisrael, there was a king, Yehu, um, Yehu ben Nimshi, who started off with immense promise, with just an unlimited potential. Uh, he was the one that kills uh, Achab, and he kills... Um, Ezebel, and he wipes out as commanded the entire family of Ahav, and now he rules, and as a reward, he is promised then that the next three kings will be his progeny, will be his dynasty, and they are, as we're going to see today, Yehoyachas, Yoash, not to be confused with the Yoash in Yehuda, and Yeravam, why someone would name his son Yeravam, but they are three kings, and it would be nice to report that the four of them usher in a great new era of um, greatness and grandeur, but it would be a gross exaggeration to do so, as we're going to see. So, in the 23rd year of Ahaziah, Melech Yehuda, he's ruling in the 
tribes of Yehuda. Malach Yehoyachaz ben Yehu a Yisrael b'shomron sheva esrei shana. Yehu's son is now succeeding his uh, to the throne, and his name is Yehoyachaz. He is Yehu, as we've said. Yehu just slipped on one possible thing, and that was he left those idols, those Egel HaZahav that Yerobam had built, he left them standing, and for this he is to be punished. So now Vayas this new successor Yehoyachaz, Vayas Hashem, Vayelech Achar Chatos Yerobam ben Nevat, Asher Hichti Es Yisrael, Lo Sar Mimena. He follows that. He follows leaving the idols there. We've said that they've left them there at pure politically uh, motivated because they don't want the free um, transportation or the free intercourse, as it were, of B'nai Israel with B'nai Yehuda on the holidays that will kindle the old nostalgic memories of national unity. They don't want that. Supposedly, it's not Avodah Zarah. It is, um, in fact, an alternative place to worship the Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's like doing a breakaway minion. Other Mephoshim say no. There is a very strong element of Avodah Zarah that has returned to B'nai Yisrael and that he is not without responsibility for this Yehu. Now his son continues that. Again, now when it's a, a Ben Russia, Achar Ben Russia, as the Malkin says, there is going to be punishment for that. And here it comes. By Yichar Af Hashem Yisrael, the Kaddish Baruch Hu goes very angry. By Yitnei Biyad Chazoel Melech Aram. The difference between Israel and Yehuda now is they have an implacable and very effective enemy in the nation of Aram. Aram is there by Yicha, and Kaddish Baruch Hu unleashes them, both Chazoel, the king of Yad ben Hadad ben Chazoel, his son Hadad is just as vicious and vociferous, Kol it is constant, it is constant warfare, constant attacks. So now Yehoachaz, Vayachal as Pnei Hashem, he comes to Hashem broken, crying, Vayachal is one of the strongest Lashon of, of praying. He prays to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, which is somewhat paradoxical, because as we can see, he continued the Avodah Zorah, and now he's coming penitent uh, to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, begging him for salvation. By Yishmael of Hashem, Hashem sees it, listens to it. Ki es lachatz Yisrael, ki lachatz osam because of the terrible suffering and persecution. And from this, ra es lachatz Yisrael, the fortune are unanimous in saying that the help the Kaddish Baruch Hu is now going to give, Yehoyachaz, has nothing, zero, to do with the merits of Yehoyachaz and B'nai Yisrael. They've done no repentance, they have done no tshuva, no abandoning of their ways of, of, of Odazorah, but he has a covenantal responsibility 
to the Avos, to Abraham and Yitzhak and Yaakov, that he will not let these ten tribes perish. And they indeed are going to if Aram is left undeterred. So he decides, and notice the language, Kiroes Lachatz Yisrael, same Lushan that Hashem uses with Moshe. Uh, in other words, he says he's seen the suffering of Bnei Israel, and it can't go on much longer or they will be lost. And this, again, has nothing to do with their God-fearing tshuva because they didn't have any of it. So that what he does is he intervenes out of um, the sanctity of the covenant he made with the others. So what does he do? He sends a savior. The savior is going to be the third in that line of Yehu, Yehoash, not to be confused with the Yehoash Melech Yehuda. These are Moshiach, and he delivers them out of the hand of Aram. And now there is peace in the land. B'nai Israel goes back to the tranquility and domesticity of their tents and their peaceful lives. Ach, but despite this, lo soru mechatas beis Yerubam asher hechti es Yisrael baholach. He does not bring them back to tshuva or turn away from the ways of Yerubim. In fact, there is an added factor here, the gam or asherah amda b'shamrim. The asherah was the secondary form of worship to the Baal. It was a tree or trees that were symbols of fertility and they worshiped them. And the inference here is not only where they worshipped before, even in the time of Yehu, they are certainly worshipped now. And what is making things so difficult for them is Aram has completely demilitarized them, disarmed them. There's nothing left to the nation of Israel. They've allowed them 50 um, horses, Vasara Rechev, 10 chariots, Vasara Salafim Ragley, 10,000 foot soldiers, Ki Ibdom Melech Aram. He is destroyed. They hold on, they are defenseless. They are like the dust of the earth. And the Mephorshim say that that expression, the dust of the earth, shows that when there is that kind of humility and um, abject desperation, when Israel realizes how lost they are, and it's only the Kodesh Baruch who then will come salvation as we see. And if you want to learn more about Yahuachaz, what he did and his battles, he is buried in Shomron by Yimloch Yoash Benotasov. And now Yoash, his son, takes over. 
בשנת 37 שנה ליהוש, in the 37th year of יהוש מלך יהודה, he's to reign 40 years, מלך יהוש בן יהויחז על ישראל בשומרון, ששששי שעה, he rules the 10 tribes for 16 years. ויעשה הרע בעיני השם, he too does the evil before the eyes of God. Let me ask you this question. You have, you have from Yeroboam down, everyone trips up on the same issue. These private... Vamos. Um, uh, uh, Vamos, right? So what, what, like, how is it a secret to king after king? You know, is there someone who who had some knowledge of what the problem was, right? Like if right. You know, the Novium or somebody who would have said to them, this is, this is... Wrong, all right. So believe it or not, those Egel Hazav was a factor. It does trip up the kings, but it's least of the factors. They are deep into Avodah Zorah now. They are into the Ashtaros. They are using those Egle Azahov, which we said was originally innocent, now is total Avodah Zorah. When they say, Lo Sarmi Kol Chatos Yerobam, they did everything Yerobam did. They were, Hechtias Israel Bahalach. They are in idol worship. There's Ashtaros, there's other icons. The nation is like totally, and they are using those. Um, Egel Hazahov's in Basel and Don, pure Avodah And when they do send a Navi, you saw what happened to Zechariah. They send a Zechariah who excoriates them, and what do they do on the order of Yehoash? They kill him in the base Hamikdash on Yom Kippur at the altar. So, the rest you want to know more about Yehoash. Nilchami Mamatsya Melech Yehuda, his battles with Amatsya, which we will learn about soon. Hello, Haim Suvim al Sefer Divrei Hayomim, Lamalcha Yisrael. By Yishkav Yoash Imavosav, the Yerobam Yashav al Kiso, and Yikaver Yoash Vishomram Imalche Yisrael. And now Yoash dies, Imalche with the rest of Yisrael, but we're going to see he does not die. We only make it appear that he dies because of the next meeting, which is going to be the last nace that Elisha does. He will do for Yehoash, and they did not want to link Yehoash with Elisha and Avodah Zarah, so they make a break. They make it seem as if he died. It's out of sequence, which we will pick up tomorrow. The last miracle, and it's an unbelievable one, that Elisha performs for Yoash and B'nai Israel, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow.